from St. Louis Public Radio. This is St. Louis on the Air. We got straight to it, and it was like, I liked it like a mug because I'd never been in a position like that, like, never. So when I put a paintbrush in my hand, that was a new skill I learned right then and there, the first day. It's way deeper than just, here's a house, we're going to rehab it. Their support is long term. The bigger objective is for them to be bosses. And when I say bosses, that mean like really owning your story, owning your narrative. The leaders are actually showing us what we as black people can do, showing us what we can have, motivating us for the future. Definitely. Do you feel that pride? Like, definitely. hey, feel, we pulled this off. Oh yeah, definitely. I feel a sense of pride in it when I see something come from nothing, you know? I'm Sarah Fenske. Dream Builders for Equity got its start six years ago, and since that time, it's rehabbed 25 homes in North St. Louis. But it's not just about fixing up homes. It's also about teaching the next generation of St. Louisans how to do the work, preparing them for jobs in construction and careers in development. This month, the nonprofit graduates its fifth class of mentees, and this Sunday, they're releasing a book to document all they've learned through this process. And joining us now with more is Mike Woods. He is the president and CEO of Dream Builders for Equity. Mike, welcome. Thank you for having us. Yeah, we're very excited to be here. And we're also joined today by Erica Wilson. She's a senior at Lutheran High School North and has been involved with Dream Builders since 2019. Erica, welcome. Thank you for having me. And last but not least, we're joined today by Terrell Jones. He got involved with Dream Builders last year, and he's currently an apprentice with the program. He's working on rehabs and free home repairs for seniors. Terrell, welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So, Mike, before we dig into what these uh, these young people are working on, tell us, what was the goal when you set out six years ago? Yeah, so it was my, uh, me and my buddy, Neil Richardson, we founded the organization back in 2016. And it really was about, like, empowering youth, but giving them actual ownership. So everything that you see with our organization is really centered by that ownership because we understand that ownership creates a sense of value, but then it also creates a sense of pride. And that pride is what really makes you become that human, that real human that's able to impact the world. And when you're talking about ownership, you mean actual equity. How does that part of this work? Yeah, so our uh, team of young people are rehabbing these properties in North St. Louis City uh, paired with minority contractors, but our youth are getting equity from these properties. So that means that every time we sell a home, uh, portions of that sale go to our young people in scholarship form. So they can use that to go to like post-secondary education, traditional colleges, but they can also use it to like get a new car or to be able to buy the tools or equipment that they need to do work. So that's the equity stake of each real estate property that we sell. So that's a powerful draw right there. I'm wondering how you end up finding the young people who participate in this program, or did they find you at this point? Yeah, so it happens both ways. So we do have great partnerships with um, schools in St. Louis City, uh, but we it's really very organic. So once we have one kid join, they bring their brother, they bring their sister, their cousins, um, and then we kind of just grow as a family. But we do have very strong relationships with um, St. Louis City schools. So, Erica, you don't come through the St. Louis City schools. You're going to Lutheran High School North. How did you end up getting involved? So my dad is actually partnered with them. He's one of the construction leaders. And when I moved back to St. Louis, he was like, 
I think you should try this. You'll really like it. And at first I was like, no, like I'm not going to go in no vacant house with no spiders or nothing. And then I actually did it. And it was more of a growth, like mentally and maturing. And it helped me like spread my variety of talents. Now I'm not just in this box of, oh, I'm just cute in this. No, I can get in and I can bust down walls too. And I can do everything else that everybody else was doing. And that fear of spiders, has that gone away? <laughs> it hasn't gone away, but it's, it's a lot less strong, you know. I, I can go in there now. They know I'm not going to touch it, but I'll be around it. <laughs> you can handle that for right. <laughs> Jarrell, what was your story? Um, basically, I was introduced by, to um, this program by a friend named Ronell. And Ronell been in the program for, like, how many years? Yeah, I think he came in 2019, too. Yeah, yeah about 2019. So when I came in, it was kind of like I wasn't. I was new to everything, you know, new to everyone. I know I kind of, I know they probably expected me to be on some extraness or anything that's kind of, you know, <laughs> out of line. But the first day I came in, they put a paintbrush in my hand and we got straight to it. And it was like, I liked it like a mug because I'd never been in a position like that, like, no. So when they put a paintbrush in my hand, that was a new skill I learned right then and there the first day. And when, you liked that. You didn't feel like, whoa, well, you know, I don't know what I'm doing here. Nah, not at all because... Growing up, we didn't, like, a lot of us ain't fortunate enough to learn stuff like that. Like, we learned all the basics and stuff that we, they say we're supposed to learn or people say we're supposed to learn, but we don't learn stuff like that. And then, so to learn that on the first day and actually be active with it and learn it from a professional, oh, yeah, I loved it since then. From yeah. Day so you just felt that immediate, like, yeah, this immediate, is what I want to do. I'm talking about as soon as I went back home, my auntie was looking for somebody to paint a house. I, first hand up. What's up? <laughs> <laughs> so, Mike, is that typical that kids there on their first day are able to just jump right in, or is there usually a little more of a okay, we're gonna we're gonna give you some grounding? Well, uh, TJ isn't typical at all, anyway. Like uh, when he first came in, he's exactly right. He came with RJ. RJ is one of our superstars, but RJ is very extra. And when we say extra, he's just a ball of energy. So I was like, I don't know if we can do two RJs. So <laughs> when uh, when TJ. Um, Join. it was that hesitation, but as soon as we, you know, started, like like he said, we put a paintbrush in his hand, and I can just see that he was so, so mature and that he was going to take advantage of this in every single way. Uh, and, yeah, that's not the typical route. The typical route is you come, you know, you apply, you go through the interview process, and then you do a lot of um, safety and training protocols. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, TJ, we were able to see him kind of gravitate to it in a very, very easy, real way. And he's a leader now. So not only is he a part of the program, but he's kind of leading by example. And Erica, for you then, when you were first getting started, was this this was more of a typical process where they're telling you, okay, we're going to teach you this, X, Y, and Z. They're getting you ready. Yeah, they did. So we started out in the classroom for a, a chunk of the class. And then afterwards, we went out and we actually did, you know, everything that they had taught us and it started making sense. And so now... I would go in people's house and I'd be looking like that work is not done the way it's supposed to be done. <laughs> and you'll just notice it like you it'll register. Everything will start making sense when you get further into there. And then once I started being an intern, it was like I know how to explain things to you this way. And I can tell people like we had a girl this year who she wasn't super comfortable with things that I weren't comfortable with when I first got there. And so I just had to, you know, ease her into you can do it and that it's actually fun. It's not as bad as you might think it is. So you're finding that um, some of the young people involved with this, after just being involved a short time, they're already kind of mentoring the next set that comes along. 
Yeah, that's the exact example that we're trying to set with Dream Builders. It's really not our program. It's their program. And, again, going back to ownership, you know, the youth are making $15 an hour as youth employment, but they get the equity stake in the houses. But they also get the royalties from the sale of the book. So everything is about them taking full ownership, and that is them taking full ownership of Dream Builders, the program, and, like, where it goes next, what are the next plans. Uh, We really put them at the center of the conversation, and we let them lead. Uh, because I think they're a lot smarter than us. So, um, yeah, that's exactly it. And you've said this isn't just about teaching kids construction skills, even though that's obviously a huge part of it, and and you can see, you know, the excitement of of learning this new skill. What's the bigger objective here? Yeah, the the bigger objective is for them to be bosses. And when I say bosses, I mean, like, really owning your story, owning your narrative. Uh, That's them really taking control of their neighborhoods, feeling invested in their communities, um, it's really about them just taking dominion of their bodies and their in their future. And that's what we see with them. They're all, like, super confident, super uh, capable, and, like, ambitious out of this world. Uh, and it's our job as an organization and as a community of listeners uh, to, like, support them to be able to really become whatever it is that they dream to be. And, again, it's not about construction. It's yeah. not really about book publishing. These are just the vehicles that we use to get them to become their true self. Yeah. So you become a boss, and you're equally happy if they want to be a boss that, that wins a congressional seat or a boss that, that runs a construction site. Well, you mentioned this book. You also, each year, your mentees put it put out a book with some reflections here. And Terrell, your reflection caught my attention. You wrote this. Family do not only support you when they when you are right, but they check you when you are wrong, which is something I learned while being in this program. We had some rocky days that we had to overcome together as a whole, helping each other grow and overcome challenges or problems we faced with ourselves, because that's where it all starts. Was this a chance to learn some things about yourself? That, oh, definitely, yeah. definitely. I went through some of my toughest times during this program. So it definitely taught me that. And it definitely taught me things about myself that I thought was good. But to others, it kind of like, oh, no, this is not bad. So it helped me take constructive criticism, learn to really put my mind over my emotion when making certain decisions, kind of slow down when making certain decisions. It taught, like you say, teaching us how to be a boss, like yeah. all around with everything. Give me an example of something where maybe you came in thinking, okay, you know, this is a real strength I have. And they kind of had to break you down a okay. little bit. Yeah, like. Okay, so I um I took a strength for myself, and I thought being emotionless and thinking just pure off my mind and not off my heart, I thought that was a good thing, so that kind of made me nonchalant. It kind of made me not really have passion about certain things, care about certain things. So when I was confronted with that, like, yeah, it's cool sometimes, but it's not cool all the time, you know what I'm saying? Because nobody never really know how you really feel, you know yeah. what I'm saying, or how you truly feel about something, so... When I was um, confronted with that by my uh, mentor, Jess, you know, it helped me from their own out. You know what I'm saying? I always make sure somebody understands that I appreciate you for this or I appreciate you for that or I really want to do this or I am excited about this or I am, you know what I'm saying? So yeah. So some coping techniques maybe that people bring that have served them pretty well in life, this is something where you have to say, hey, you know what, we're going to help you not need this coping technique anymore. Yeah, absolutely. And it's not uh, it's not just the the young people who are learning these things. We are learning it, too. Like, they always are pushing us to uh, be our best selves. And, uh, yeah, we have an amazing team. So, like, TJ just mentioned, we have 
have uh, Jessica and Colin and also Lucy and Eric and uh, just a group of us who are really, really, really passionate about, like, seeing them become their best self and also, like, transforming the Hyde Park neighborhood. Um, that's where we are located, and, and, and that's, like, our our goal is to really see if we can be a part of the transformation there and then take that model and be able to do it in other communities as well. Yes, I'm glad you brought up Hyde Park because you have been really focused on that neighborhood there in North St. Louis. And that is a community that's starting to see a a lot of buzz and excitement. And I imagine the work that you put into that neighborhood is starting to, you know, success breeds on success. We actually heard from uh, Fatima Mohammed, who owns a business in Hyde Park. Yeah. Yeah. Here's what she said on Twitter. So honored to have Dream Builders for Equity in Hyde Park. They are an amazing organization that is making a huge impact in our community and on our youth. So proud to know you, Mike. So you're there in the community. Erica, do you see neighbors kind of see you guys coming? Like, hey, this is the Dream Builders crew. They do. So I remember when we were on Couples, the house that we did, we would actually have people come out and, you know, ask us questions like, who are you with or what are you guys doing? And that was our time to kind of tell the community that we are here and that we do see that there's change that needs to happen and that you have young people doing it. Like they said, ownership and, you know, leadership with everything that we did in the program, they've always instilled that. Yeah, you don't have to do construction or anything. Like me personally, I didn't want to, I don't want to do construction. But since the program has been here, I have started a business. They've supported me with EMT school and all of that. So like they, their support is way deeper than just Here's a house. We're going to rehab it. Their support is long term. Erica, I, I want to go to something you wrote in this book that's coming out. You actually shared some poetry and you dealt with some really tough stuff mm-hmm. in this poetry, including losing your mother. Mm-hmm. Um, here's a line from your poem. She knew she wanted to change. She knew she was the change. All she had to do was remember who she was and change the game. Yeah. So that's the logo for my business, honestly, because... I feel like as I got older and, you know, society kind of tried to mold me into this person and I had to remember my true values and what was honestly, you know, important to me. Not Mm -hmm. so much of what you think should be important to me. Like, for example, being into this group and doing construction work, it's always, oh, she's a girl. She's not supposed to be doing that. And I just had to believe that I can honestly go in there and knock down the same wall. CJ was knocking down and we would be, you know, doing the same work. So I had to remember who I was and remember my strengths and my weaknesses. And once I was able to identify both, they helped me. Okay, this is a strength. We're going to, you know, strong, make it stronger. Your weakness, we're going to make that stronger. So it was all a team effort. And with everybody having different personalities, it just helped each other. So, Terrell, that actually reminds me of something else you wrote. Quote, the environment is so pure when we come together. The leaders are actually showing us what we as black people can do, showing us what we can have, motivating us for the future. Definitely. Do you feel that pride? Definitely. Like, hey, feel, we pulled this off. Oh, yeah, definitely. I feel a sense of pride in it when I see something come from nothing, you know. So I feel a sense of pride when I get to actually watch this transformation of this vaco turn into or a vacant house turned into, like, this big, beautiful, you know what I'm saying, extravagant home or somewhere somebody can place. They have their kids at their dogs, their, just the whole family, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yes, ma'am. So, Mike, you'll be releasing this book this weekend, and this is something that these mentees have done. There's always a book that goes with it. Why is that an important part of the process? It seems like you're busy enough, you know, fixing houses. Why add a book on top of that? 
Um, because they need to understand that you can be celebrated and rewarded for just being yourself, being your authentic self. And writing the book allows you to see it. And then the book signing is the opportunity for the community to come and embrace you and celebrate you for all the work that you've done. And the reason that it all works together is that uh, imagine being 15, 16 years old and you're going into this vacant home and, and you have myself or Neil telling you that, hey, you're going to rehab this house. You're probably going to be like, this is impossible. It's no way. Yeah. And the same thing that day one, we're telling them that you're going to publish a book. Uh, that is a very hard task in itself. So when you are able to get both of these things accomplished, it builds this sense of confidence that you can do anything in the world. And that's kind of why we chose uh, book publishing and real estate. It's just it's just true living proof that if you can knock this out, uh, the rest of the world will be easy. And Terrell, you came into this just so excited to get out there and do, maybe less interested in the sitting at a desk reflecting yeah, part of things. Definitely. Was that then a challenge where they forced you, okay, you've learned how to do, now we want you to, to sit and, and, and think mm-hmm. on that? Yeah, it wasn't It wasn't really a challenge because it's just self-control, really, you know what I'm saying? Everything that we was learning. It, it helped me as far as everything that I was doing on the site or anything yeah. that I was doing as far as pain or demolition or anything in that nature. So, Mike, every year the mentees do something unique for the book signing. Give us what would have been a couple examples from the past. Yeah, so we um, did a book signing. So with each book signing, we identify another creative art to use to complement it. So we've done a book signing and a documentary. The documentary ended up in an international film festival. Whoa. Uh, we did a book signing and a poetry slam. Erica kind of knocked the house down with her poem. She did an amazing job. Uh, we recently did a book signing and a play, and we partnered with Your Words STL and then also uh, Missouri Baptist University. So the youth wrote the play, and then uh, Your Words and Missouri Baptist performed the play. And then uh, this year, it's the the biggest of them all. We're doing a book signing and an album. So the youth actually recorded uh, music to go alongside their their book. It's going to be super amazing. Yeah, this seems pretty epic. So there's been a variety of of different genres in this, going from poetry to plays to albums. Erica, this seems like kind of a cool thing people wouldn't necessarily associate with a program where you're learning construction trades. Of course. And honestly, all of those, they just help you document your journey. There's a lot of things. I wrote in the first book that now I can go back and be like I overcame it or you know this is something that it was a dream and now I'm actually living it so the album is definitely a bunch of encouraging words that when I first came in the program that I could definitely use or just in life in general they're saying a lot of great stuff on there so this book is something you can keep you can look back on it and see how much you've changed and definitely with the students that I was with I can definitely see the change when they first came in a lot of them were timid like we have the girl on the album uh, Amaya she came in very timid and now she's on there fire I'm talking about she got some things to say she got to get off her chest and it's absolutely fire so this is awesome to hear and it's just so exciting to hear about this work Mike in our final few moments here you talked about how you were kind of focused on on Hyde Park and you've now been doing this just about six years Um, do you see yourself moving on to a, a second neighborhood soon yeah, so we want to get it right in Hyde Park. We want to, uh, you know, be a part of those amazing community members and, like, really see this all the way through. The goal is to do uh, 50 properties, and that's 25 rehabs and then 25 free home renovations for seniors.
seniors. Uh, but then we also want to galvanize like other groups um, to actually come and bring support and resources. So once we do that, and the goal is to see that out through 2025, um, after 2025, we will then like look at the land again and see like where else can we create impact. And even if it's not us, maybe we can give the blueprint to how we do it and to make sure that you center youth, make sure that you have minority contractors, and then make sure that you're really focusing on the current residents in these communities. Uh, We have to have equity for all three. Well, Mike Woods, this is so exciting to hear. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, guys. And Mike is the president and CEO of Dream Builders for Equity. Uh, We're also joined today by Erica Wilson. Erica, thank you. Thanks for having me. And Erica's a senior at Lutheran High School North. And Terrell Jones, thank you so much. Thanks for having me. And Terrell is an apprentice with Dream Builders for Equity. This episode was produced by Kayla Drake with audio engineering and podcast design by Aaron Dorr. Our executive producer is Alex Hoyer. St. Louis on the Air is a production of St. Louis Public Radio. Understanding starts here. Do you find yourself regularly listening to episodes of St. Louis on the Air? Suggest us to a friend you think might enjoy our conversations. And leave us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts on the App Store. It's the simplest way to help people discover our show. Thanks. St. Louis Public Radio is a member-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Support comes from Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to sustainable and sound conservation of the state's forests, which support more than 41,000 Missouri jobs, resulting in a $10 billion industry. Choosewood.com.